Friends, welcome. This is episode 441 of the Juice Box Podcast. And today we're going to hear a tale, but not a tale of a tiny ship. It's of a woman who married a man who got diabetes, and they had a kid, and that kid got diabetes, and they got another kid, and that kid might get diabetes, and most of them have celiac. In a 1950s whodunit, at this point, the music would go, dun, 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 but all I have is this. Today, as you listen to Sarah describe her life with type 1 diabetes, well, her life, yeah, I mean, she doesn't have it, but everybody else does. So, all right, today, as you hear Sarah describe life with type 1 diabetes from her perspective, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Do you have a great diabetes doctor, endocrinologist, nurse practitioner, CDE, someone you see that you love that you wish other people knew about? Or are you looking for someone like that? You should check out juiceboxdocs.com. It's a list that's been compiled by listeners like you of great diabetes practitioners. It's absolutely free. Just go over there and peruse it. See if you see somebody in your area. Or if you have somebody you'd like to add to the list, use that same page to send me the information. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored today by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, by the Omnipod Tubeless Insulin Pump, and of course, Touched by Type 1. I'll be doing a virtual thing for Touched by Type 1 on February 26th, 2021, and there's still room. So you can go to touchedbytype1.org and then go up to their menu, and I think it's upcoming events, it's programs upcoming, you'll figure it out. It's the internet, you know how to use it. Anyway, uh, you can come absolutely for free. I'm going to uh, give a little talk, answer a bunch of questions. It's going to be fun, touchedbytype1.org. If you're looking for that Dexcom G6, head over to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You'll be able to find out all about Arden CGM and how you can get started with it. And if you get your insurance through the United States Veterans Administration, I think you might like the answer you get back about what Dexcom costs. And of course, that Omnipod tubeless insulin pump that Arden's been using since she was four years old. That's over 12 years now. You can get a free, no-obligation demo today by going to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. There are links to these sponsors and all of the sponsors of the podcast right there in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. If you're not listening in a podcast player, you should. They're free, and they're terrific, and they're right there on your phone. And if you're listening in one and you haven't subscribed yet, please hit that subscribe button. Okay, you ready for Sarah? I'm Sarah. I'm the mom of two kids. Maya is 12. She has type 1 diabetes and has for almost two years now. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a son named Finn who's almost eight, and he also is looks to be headed toward type 1 diabetes, but is not yet. And then my husband, Jeff, also has type 1. Okay. And then on top of the type 1, all three of them have celiac also. Holy God. Okay. Hold on. This is going to take notes. <laughs> 
Give me your daughter's name one more time. Maya. Maya. And Maya is 12, probably yep. for two years. Finn is on his way. Everyone has celiac, including you? Not me. I'm the only one that doesn't. Wow. You got screwed, huh? Look at that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm the odd one out in the house. Well, that's a nice way to think about it. See, I said one thing, and you had a, a much better reaction. I thought... You got the short end of the stick. You're stuck with all these people with celiac, and you're just like, no, it's okay. I'm the odd one out. That's uh, yeah. That's interesting. So I am going to ask you a lot of questions, obviously. Okay. How long have you and Jeff been married? We have been married for 17 years. You almost said too long. 17, yeah. <laughs> that's what he would say. Yeah. Oh, I bet you he wouldn't say that where you could hear it. Did he have type one when you met him? He he did not. Well, bait and switch, bait and switch. So he probably did. Looking back on it, oh, and we didn't know. Um, So he was diagnosed when he was twenty-seven, I think. Yeah, twenty-seven. But he had had symptoms of diabetes for a long time, and they just didn't get severe enough. To really notice it, I understand. How, until how, right before he was diagnosed. How long do you think is a long time? More than five years. Wow. Easily was, more than five years. Looking back, was he ignoring something, or was it just not harsh enough to force him? To there was, there was probably a little bit of that, um, and we didn't really know it at the time. But pretty much all of the men on his side of the family have been diagnosed as type twos late in life, but they're all tall and skinny. Um, and now looking at it, we think they're probably all actually type one. And it's just like a really slow onset. Any people left over that can check on that? Or are these from past generations that are gone by? So he's got, I think he has one uncle that's still alive um, that I think did eventually get diagnosed with type one. Um, but yeah, like his grandfather was told he was type two, and there's no way he was type two. Um, so we think it's just whatever type of type one runs in the family is like this really slow progressing. Um, and then you know, Maya was kind of the anomaly getting diagnosed as a child. Okay. Also being a female, right? Because the rest of them are men. Yeah. Yeah. So she was the first female in the family. So um, then that kind of makes me wonder. I'm like, well, I must have some genetics on my side too that might be contributing to that. So helping, we'll say. Uh, Helping. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Um, Okay. All right, Jeff. Diagnosed 27. Now celiac. Describe for me. Mm -hmm. Does it impact everyone the same way in the family or does everyone have a different experience with it? Um, I would say the symptoms are similar. The severity in how they react is a little bit different. Um, Like Jeff went through a long period of time where he traveled a lot for work. So he would always get, we say, glutened on his trips. And, you know, a lot of times it was just mild stomach issues, some joint pain. Um, but like Maya, when she was younger, you know, she would react so strongly. She would vomit. Um, it was really, really awful. Wow. 
What kind of foods do that just for people to wrap their brain around it? Like throw a couple examples at me. Well, I mean, so really it's like with celiac, you have to be on a really strict gluten-free diet. Um, eating out is usually where the gluten contamination tends to happen. So it's like, even if we went to, um, like, can I talk about a specific chain that's really good hey. for celiac? Yeah. What, um, what are you thinking? I should have them as a sponsor and you don't want to give it away for free. Sure. What was your thought there? Um, <laughs> so like in and out burger is okay. awesome. Um, and they have a, they have like a dedicated griddle where they cook, um, patties and they don't cook any of the hamburger buns on that griddle. So it's like even just that little bit of cross-contamination is enough to make them sick. So when In-N-Out says gluten-free, they mean it and they come through. Yes. Whereas other people might say, hey, look, the ingredients are gluten-free, but I did use the same griddle to warm your bun that I warmed somebody else's bun on. Well, and now there's this really annoying trend at restaurants that's called gluten-friendly or gluten-sensitive. And pretty much we see that. And that means like run the other way, find somewhere else to go. Really? What, what gluten friendly or gluten sensitive? What could that possibly mean? Like we're kind of careful. So it means, <laughs> I think what we they're do trying our to do best. is say like, we, yeah, we do our best. We don't intentionally add anything that contains gluten, but we're going to cook your food in the same pan as everything else and all of that. So really for somebody with celiac, that's pretty useless. Gotcha. Here we offer the gluten dice roll. Exactly. <laughs> if you yeah. get lucky and the chef takes a big white towel out and really buffs the pan out real good <laughs> before he does your thing, you might be okay. Yeah, it is. It's like Russian roulette. That's hard to put on a sign. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't do that. Gluten friendly. Gluten friendly. Huh. Which I, is not friendly when you have celiac. No kidding. I feel like I might be gluten friendly. Like I don't mind it. And if it was a person, I'd probably say hi. That, that's pretty much what I'm getting out of that. Okay, so if he travels, that becomes more of an issue. If you really need to lock it down, what do you do in that situation? You bring things with you, or do you have to build time into shop when you arrive somewhere? And how do you prepare he, food in the hotel room? He will bring some stuff with him, but most of the travel was international. Um, so it's kind of hard to bring a lot with you when you're you know, traveling to Guatemala or Mexico or anything to declare going all going all over the place. So yeah, it was like, he'd just bring a bunch of like protein bars and, and stuff like that. And when he had to live off of those, he would, um, but really the U S tends to be, um, where he would have the hardest time traveling and staying gluten-free. Um, you know, you go to a lot of other countries and like the food is what it says it is. It's obvious. You can. I was just talking to yeah. my daughter's friend last night who uh, made the assertion that Subway made an amazing sandwich. And I said, I feel like you're wrong about that uh, because I've heard <laughs> that all of their meats are based on the same meat, which, you know, and then she's like, well, I'm vegetarian. I don't eat the meat. And I was like, yeah, but the rest of it even like. I mean, I don't notice a mixer back there. I mean, they always bake the bread in front of you, but I've never seen them make it. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I have no idea. I'm just like, anyway, that conversation led to an idea of you should be able to look at your finished food and deconstruct it and end up with ingredients you can describe that are natural. Like, that's good. You know what I mean? Like, that should be your goal. Um, I said to her, I was like, you know, if you get a pizza made you know, at a chain 
you know, it's possible that those crusts are pre-made and frozen, which then puts preservatives in them and coloring and everything. I said, if you make a pizza at home, you can be pretty sure it's flour and water and salt and olive oil and tomatoes and cheese, you know, um, you can control those things. And she stared right through me and said, there's a man at my subway that makes such a good sandwich. And I was like, okay, she's not listening to me. But anyway, (laughs) um, that was the, the idea, like you should be able to deconstruct. So you're saying in other countries, they're using more staple ingredients that are identifiable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go to Guatemala and you order a steak and you know, it won't be doused in, you know, some kind of steak sauce or anything like that. It's literally just a grilled steak. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, beans or whatever. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, And now if he gets something by mistake, is there any stopping the train that's coming or do you just have to make your way through it? Do you just have to live through (laughs) what happens next? Yeah. It pretty much, you just have to kind of wait it out. Um, you know, he used to take, there are these little like, um, what are they called? I think they're called gluten aid. They're little enzyme pills that are supposed to help digest gluten. Like if, if you accidentally get glutened and he seems to think that those kind of shorten the duration, you know, if he accident accidentally does get gluten, but yeah, you pretty much just have to write it out since it's, you know, an autoimmune response and there's not much you can do to really stop it. When you say write it out, you mean in a room that mostly has a tile floor? <laughs> not, not that bad. Although it could be depending on the dose. Like if you full on ate like a piece of bread, it would probably be pretty ugly, but, um, so, you know, with, with just minor cross contamination, it's like, yeah, you might feel uncomfortable for a week or so. And, um, wow. like for him, it results in joint pain, like, feels like arthritis. Jeez. And Sarah, between you and I, as people who can eat gluten, how great is bread? You, you know what I mean? Like, it, doesn't, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, like if you could although, live on bread, wouldn't you? So I don't, because I don't eat it often. Now when I do eat it, like I, I don't feel right. Cause I'm like, I think my body got so used to not eating it that now I eat it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is this? Sarah, did you make your but body yeah, gluten tastes- unfriendly? Did I what? Did you make your body gluten unfriendly? I, I think I might have. Yeah, accidentally. So, um, I always joke that the only thing that I have in the house that contains gluten is beer because I feel like like they're in bottles. They won't touch anything. Like that's the one item that I haven't given up. But um, yeah, pretty much everything else in the house is gluten free because with two kids and like, I don't want to worry about them going into the cupboard and grabbing something mm-hmm. by accident. So you are de facto gluten-free because three people in your family are as well. <laughs> yeah. For the most part. Gotcha. Yeah. Has that made I'm not, it- not strict, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, is, has that made a health difference for you or if you can tolerate gluten, not having gluten really doesn't do anything. I, yeah, I don't know that it really has made a difference for me. Um, Yeah. I think because I don't have celiac, it doesn't really, I, I don't notice any difference. I asked because when I was figuring out that, oh, I'm not sure if I've spoken about this or not. I've lost the timeline of when I said things at this point, but um, <laughs> my body does not retain ferritin. It's a genetic thing uh, that we're yeah. just starting to figure out, right? But yeah. as the, you know, as I was digging through the myriad of possibilities that this could be, you know, one of the doctors says, eat gluten-free for me for six months. And I was like, okay. So I did it and nothing about my life got better. And I found that 
discouraging. I was like, I thought I would at least be taller or handsome, you know, like, or just like lose 10 pounds just because I made the effort. Cause I really did. Like I was eating those, you know, like if I bought bread, it was this gluten-free bread that was like $9 million for like a hamburger roll. And, um, I, so I was really strict with it. And then when, once it was clear that gluten wasn't my issue, I was like, what a letdown. Like, yeah. you know, it didn't do anything for me at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think sometimes some of those malabsorption issues that tends to be the go-to um, mm-hmm. is cut out gluten, but um, yeah, it, it's expensive. Yeah. And it's hard to stick to. No kidding. It turned out what I needed was a rusty bag of water injected into my veins. So that, um, there you go. Is an oversimplification, but I, <laughs> I get something called injectifer and it, genuinely huh. does look like someone took a handful of rust and dissolved it into a bag of liquid and then just pumps it into you. Uh, and it is and uh, then, life-changing. Like, do you feel right away? Do you feel the effects of that? Like, Not do you like feel your energy switch. come back? No. So yeah. what has to happen is it has to get in and then your bone marrow has to pull it back in so that ah. then the process of oxygen sticking to cells correctly, blood cells correctly, that oxygenation happens and then it happens. So what it feels like is that somebody slowly turns my dimmer up over about two weeks. And then one day the, okay. the bulbs are just really bright. And I don't notice that I got there. Um, but it's okay. it, it really is interesting. And we've now done some testing I haven't found out yet. But my son, who is like a college athlete and he looks like an underwear model, you, you know, like and he got his well visit done and i just said to the doctor i was like adam adam's been on the show i was like adam like check his ferritin and he's like that's not going to be a problem and i was like come on just do it right so he does it and cole's ferritin is super low like mine oh my gosh yeah so now so just some genetic thing just lucky i guess yeah um and so he's going to try an infusion next week and if that helps him actually i think he's going to refer us to a uh, research scientist at Harvard who's working on this stuff because it's incredibly uncommon to begin with and even more okay. uncommon for more than one person in a family to be dealing with it. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So good, good for us. Look, look forward to the, um, the low iron podcast in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a thing, but uh, <laughs> it, it really, it really is crazy because what happens next is that, Everything fundamentally about how I think and feel and how my body operates gets better. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. No, that's that's great that yeah. they figured it out. And nice, nice for your son that he wasn't the first one. And then you're stressing that there's something really wrong. And yeah, that was important yeah. to me, Sarah, because I'm adopted. So if somebody went through this before me, I didn't know. And right. I just thought I'm gonna fix by the way, it was nice of you to say it was nice that they figured it out, but we figured it out with the oh, okay. internet and yeah. finding <laughs> research articles because it's such an odd thing that doctors just don't have a pathway in their brain to get to, is it possible? Because my CBC, my, my, my complete blood count, count, I guess that's what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Looks perfect with the exception of my ferritin. Okay. It almost looks like it's a mistake on the thing. And I'm not saying I'm super healthy, right. but my labs are all really good. And then this isn't, and then you take right. that to a doctor and you know, then they go down the pathway of, well, you probably have cancer. That's where it oh starts because you're bleeding internally and you don't know it, obviously. Um, 
And they're like, because you're not getting your period. And I was like, no, I do not get a period. I am just a stay-at-home <laughs> dad. And so, um, you know, that all happened. And then I went through that entire process. And then it, it got to the point where they were just sort of like, well, I guess this is how you are. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, that's not happening to me. Um, because I get really, um, I can get kind of shitty when it gets low. And right. it's not on purpose. It's a really interesting thing that happens where if I get involved in a, a disagreement with something, and it doesn't have to be like people like standing on either side of the room going red, blue. It's not like that. It's just like if something happens and it hits me and I'm not able to prepare for it, when my when my ferritin's low like that, I start having responses out loud that I don't feel in my heart or think in my head. Right. Like I come off like a real and and <laughs> while it's happening, my brain's going, why are you saying that? We don't think this. Like, why is this happening? And I, I'll stop myself. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't feel this way. Like, I'll just, and I have to, and I can't stop myself. And I'll get yeah, foggy but- and dizzy when it gets really bad. And my muscles go to jelly. Um, oh, my gosh. And I lose my ability to digest food well. Like, everything goes to hell. It's really crazy. Man. So I have a lot of empathy um, for your kids and your husband and especially for stuff like this and because it's bread and my God, bread's so good. Yeah, that was, that was hard at first. I think actually we, we always joke that we think what put him over the edge for his celiac diagnosis, because that came like, I think two or three years before he got diagnosed with diabetes. Um, But he had gotten me a bread maker for Christmas one year. And so I was making bread like every other day <laughs> and just the two of us were consuming an entire loaf of bread so like, good. every other day. Mm-hmm. And, um, then he started getting really sick. So I think it was the bread machine that Pushed actually him did him in. <laughs> <laughs> like, like his, his, his celiac friendly belly was holding on by the, by just by the skin of its teeth. And you were yeah. like, I can fix this with nine loaves of bread a month. Exactly. Yeah. Cause, Cause you, I mean, looking, he knew looking back on it, he had it as a child too, but nobody knew about it back yeah. then. Like his mom had taken him to the doctor and, um, you know, it wasn't because she wasn't trying. It was just, nobody knew what that right. was. So Jeff was just the kid that after pizza disappeared for an hour. Yeah. And you know, he didn't even have, he said he didn't have any of the digestive stuff, but like his joints hurt all the time. Mm, And like, it's terrible. You know, he's, I think six foot two now, but he was five foot two until he was 18 years old. Um, And that's another one of the things that happens with celiac is kids, like they just grow really late. Yeah. Isn't that something? Uh, anything else? I don't mean to pile on, but anybody got a uh, hypothyroidism or is there any other thing um, going on there? So he, he has hypothyroidism mm-hmm. and so does his mom. Um, so we're kind of waiting for that, that one to drop on Maya. We know that'll be coming. Um, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> well, you're in luck because for, for well, the of the family. <laughs> well, before this posts, I'm going to have an episode up with a really great doctor for hypothyroidism. And I have awesome. been looking for that person for my wife and daughter's entire life. And I found her this year and I am, I've, she's going to come on the podcast and I am going to grill her because no one understands it well enough. The you know, yeah. a lot of people who treat people with hypothyroidism are just saying, Look, your labs are falling in a range or out of a range. Here's a pill, it's back in range. You're fine. If anything else is wrong, it's not your hypothyroidism, and that's not yeah. true. And I'm I found the lady, I found her. So, awesome. yeah, I'm excited about that. Okay, um, 
nuts and bolts in your day, what do you yeah. do to cook for people who have celiac? How do you have, like what do your meals look like in a week? You know, I don't even really think about it anymore because it's it's been such a part of our life. Um, you know, really it's like most most basic foods that don't include obvious wheat are gluten-free. Um, you know, meat, rice, potatoes, fruit. Um, you know, there are a lot of good gluten-free products out there now. So um, Foster Farms makes these gluten-free corn dogs that the kids are obsessed with. So that's been lunch a lot of days since we've been home. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It it gets easier once you've been shopping a while, but I do remember the first few trips to the grocery store. Um, after Jeff was diagnosed, it was like two hours reading labels and um, it was really not fun. Do you have a fundamental increase in your cost for food? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> how, how, what yeah. per, how much do you think? Like, what percentage do you think your bill went up having to go shopping like this? I would bet if I had to guess, I'd say like 30%. Whoa, that's not okay. You, you, yeah. That's your, your health insurance to cover that. Well, and, and honestly, if it weren't, so if we weren't shopping for kids also, like Jeff doesn't eat the frozen gluten-free waffles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like we wouldn't be buying those things, but, um, you know, when you have two kids, you want them to be able to eat as normally as possible and not have to feel like they're missing out. You don't want to suck all the joy out of their life just yeah. yet, but we're yeah. okay with Jeff not being happy, but the children should have some joy. I hear what you're saying. He, he just doesn't even care about that stuff. You know, oh, that's, that's, that's not what he enjoys eating anyway. So, right. um, we would eat a lot more simply, I well, think. Well, I think the good news, the two of us. then the good news is you do figure it out. The bad news is you figure it out and it costs more money. And if you have yeah. four kids, yeah. four people in your family, I mean, I'm not asking you what you yeah. pay a month, but that's, that's it's, a fair amount of money. So it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, um, <laughs> this, this is, uh, this isn't fun. It, uh, does it have any impact on diabetes care, insulin use, things like that? You know, the only thing we've ever noticed is, um, like if either Jeff or Maya get glutened, you know, it can kind of mimic, like if you have a stomach bug coming on and your insulin needs, go down for a few days. But other than that, we haven't really seen a big impact on diabetes management. Gotcha. I feel like you're trying to name this episode, get glutened. Get glutened. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> or or not, don't, Sarah. don't get glutened. <laughs> don't get glutened. Uh, I think Sarah got glutened by these three people is what I'm saying. <laughs> that, yeah. Sarah got anti-glutened or. Hey, I have to ask you just quickly. You're on Instagram, right? Yes. So you realize that in my mind, you are that Instagram handle, like that's your name. Ah, okay. That's what you were talking about. At like, the so beginning. What are you talking about? Because yeah. my name is in my Instagram handle, but um, okay. Do you, do you want, do I've you care it. if people know what your Instagram is or no? No, I don't. So it's Sarah Joy Dances, right? Yes, it is. Why, what's the dancing about? Is that you dancing, trying to escape the grocery store without paying or, you know, <laughs> you would, you would think, um, that lady's so running I, off with fake bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So I grew up dancing and, um, 
up until just a couple years ago was doing adult ballet classes. So I, I just love dancing. So that's gotcha. my Instagram handle. But in you yeah. just need to understand, and this is meaningless in your life, but in my life, your Sarah Joy dances. There's no, right. like, I, if you paid me to know your last name, would never happen, even though we've emailed a number of times and I've seen it. I just, it doesn't matter. It pops up in my head like that over and over again. Um, yeah. It's just very, it's very interesting how social media does that. Like, I could. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah you totally attach those names to people. Yeah, I just think that when people say like, oh, the guy on the podcast said, I think that's reasonable because functionally I am the guy on the podcast. The guy, yeah. They, I feel like they know my name and they don't care. Uh, and I <laughs> feel similarly about when I meet people in odd ways too. Uh, anyway, that's all. I had to say that out loud because there's something about the, the I like the bounce of the words. I don't know if good. that makes sense or not. There's a pantometer yeah. to Sarah Joy Dances that makes me happy when I read that. So oh, good. I don't know if you did that I'm on purpose. Glad but. It, I did not. I just... I think I chose it because I enjoy dancing, but I'm glad that it rolls off the tongue well. It also makes me feel like you're happy, even though I'm just assuming it's your maiden name. That, Joy? that what's my maiden name? Is Joy your maiden name? Oh, it's my middle name. It's your middle name. Got it. Yes. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yep. So you always seem happy to me because I'm, my brain is very happy. simple. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe less so over the last five months of being stuck at home, but yeah. Um, but yeah I'm just telling you, story. in my mind, you're that little girl from the Peanuts who just is dancing and dancing and dancing and dancing. I'm sure your life is nothing like I'm, that. I'm not, no. I would say I'm not quite there. But. Do you find that now we should figure out which girl in the Peanuts is the dancing girl or... We'll figure that. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Like, you know what I mean, though, right? Like yeah. she's kind of yeah. on her toes, yeah. and all right. yes, yeah. Tell me a little bit about. Don't worry about it. I'll Google it for you. Uh, <laughs> tell me, tell me a little bit about um, about your daughter's diagnosis, please. So she has a really interesting story, and I think this is kind of why I had contacted you, um, you know, with interest in coming on because she was a super early diagnosis. And I found when she was diagnosed, I couldn't find anyone that was in our situation. So um, Maya, let's see, she was diagnosed in August of 2018. So we're coming up on two years. And the only thing that clued us in that there was something going on is we had gone to um, our state fair. We live in California. And the kids, right before we left, they wanted to get a, a treat. And so they got one of those um, like dull whip, like that frozen yogurt kind of stuff made yeah. with pineapple. Um, and so they each had, you know, this big dull whip. And then on the drive home, Maya kept saying she felt really weird. I was like, that's strange, you know. And, you know, the whole way home, she kept saying, I feel really strange. Something's wrong. And so we got home and it wasn't like we were regularly checking her blood sugar normally, like, because we hadn't seen any signs of diabetes really ever. Mm -hmm. um, and so we pulled out Jeff's meter and it's like, let's just check your blood sugar because you did just eat, you know, a lot more sugar than you normally eat in one sitting. And I think it was like 225 or something. Okay. You know, so it was, it was high. It wasn't 
considering what she ate, <laughs> um, you know, if she ate something like that now with no insulin, it would be I was gonna say a disaster. Now, your perspective but, is different um, now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, okay, I knew that wasn't right. So um so I think we, you know, we got her in uh I think first to see a pediatrician and they happened, they checked her A1C and that came back and it was 5.4. You really so, probably just caught it at the beginning then. Yes. So, but because we had, you know, the incident after the state fair, we kind of kept checking her blood sugar, especially after um, eating carby meals and it was regularly getting over 200. So we're like, okay, this isn't right. Um, so I think at that point we asked for them to check her antibodies and those were positive. Um, so then we were able to get her in to see an endocrinologist. Um, but yeah, it was like the strangest experience because really her diagnosis just consisted of a normal office endocrinology visit. Um, we went in on a, I think it was a Friday afternoon um, because our family, our tradition is on Friday evenings, we do um, pizza and we eat dinner on the living room floor and watch a movie. Um, and so I remember it was Friday because it was pizza night. And they literally just sent us home. They're like, here's your prescription for some insulin. We want her to take, you know, this really small amount. I think they started her on like a, it was like a one to 50 carb ratio. Um, no basal at first. She took no long acting, acting for probably two months. Um, yeah. And we just, we went home and picked up the insulin at the drugstore and did you get that the pizza was it on the floor? Yeah. Question about that. that. This is very important <laughs> to me. It's going to seem like a sidebar to you, but hardwood or carpet. So we have hardwood, but there's a big rug down. Okay. Pets. Yes. Dog. So we have one dog now, but at the time we had. Well, we still just had one dog at that time, but it was a different dog. Would you like a bizarre look into my mind? I would love sure. to sit on a rug, but when I own a dog, I can't bring myself to do it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's it right there. Um, that's that's the entire ball of wax. I just, I'm like, I don't know. There's hair down here. I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> so I, I do have to say, and this is going to sound kind of gross, Um <laughs> Finally, say something gross, so, Sarah. Okay, so the rug, the rug that's in front of the TV, that's like that's the good rug. We have another rug that's like out closer to where our sliding doors to the backyard are. Mm -hmm. And when things happen with the dogs, it tends to be the other rug. There's a good. There's a sitting there's, rug, so and there's a a get over there, Snoopy rug. The, yeah, there's yeah. like the rug that the dogs gravitate toward when something's wrong. And then the one that they, they leave alone. Gotcha. I'm going to ask you for in a minute about the differences between Maya and your husband's management. But before I do, yeah. I'm going to show you the very strange thing that I learned about the peanuts while I was online. <laughs> so I found uh, an article called like, it's something about like the peanuts characters you don't know, or that you've names you've forgotten. And I see that the two little girls at the play who are dancing, who are the ones I was thinking of are twins. And I was like, huh, ah. that's odd. And then I noticed this. 555-95472. It says, one of the most bizarre characters in the Peanuts universe was 555-95472, or 5 for short. 
Introduced in September 1963, Five explained that his father was so upset about being seen as just a number, he renamed the entire family as a series of digits. This is probably from the the comic strip, right? The family's last name is taken from their zip code, though when spoken, Five insists there's an accent on the four. The zip code, by the way, is actually the real one for... Sebastopol, California, where Charles Schultz lived at the time. Five sisters, three and four, made a few appearances in the strip before disappearing, but five was occasionally a background character until 1981. You've probably seen three, four, and five already and didn't even know it. All three appear in the famous dance sequence in in A Charlie Brown Christmas, which is where I know them from. And the four, okay, three and four are the twin girls in purple dresses. So anyway. That will be the most random thing I learn all day. I think that that's the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever said on this podcast, too. Uh, and anyway, I and there, most people are probably like, what are the peanuts? But Snoopy, I, Charlie I'm Brown. I'm old enough to know the peanuts, well, yeah. yeah. Lucky you. Celiac and old. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, t- I turned 40 this year, but Ooh. I'm I'm proud of it. I'm happy with it. So Let me tell you what I told my son the other day when I turned 49. I said there are two options. Turn 49 or die. I was like, or, I'm going yeah, to exactly. go with 49. It sounds okay to right. me. You know. Not everyone gets to reach that age. So Flip it upside down. It means I'm still going. Yep. Uh, not yep. that 49 is old by any point, but you know, no. when your kid's 20, they look at you like you're a thousand when you say you're 49. So yeah, a lot of fun. All right. So we've learned something about the peanuts. We've learned a lot about <laughs> celiac. And now, I, uh, now I'd really like to know, um, is there, are there multiple management styles in the house? Does your husband do it one way? Your daughter does it another way? Or are we all on the same page? MDI pumps, glucose monitors, et cetera. Pumps, glucose monitors, and etc. My, my, I have that here. Let's start with the etc. It's easy. Touchedbytype1.org. Check them out at that address or on Facebook or Instagram. And don't forget, I'm doing a little thing for them on February 26, 2021. I'd love to see you there. Now, pumps. Arden has been using the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump since she was four years old. At that point, she had had diabetes for about two years and she was getting ready to go to kindergarten. My wife and I decided that we didn't want her to go using syringes. So we did our diligence. We looked hard at all the other pumps that were available. And at that point, Omnipod seemed like the clear choice to us. In no time, we knew we made the right decision. And now, even in hindsight, I can say, I'm glad we chose the Omnipod. As a matter of fact, if I had to make the decision all over again today, I would do the exact same thing. Omnipod's come a long way in 12 years, and I'm pretty excited about where it's headed in the future. So listen, how are you going to take my word for it, right? This is an advertisement. Somebody's paying me to say this. Well, you could find out for yourself. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box and Omnipod will send you a free, no obligation demo. It's a non-functioning pod that you can wear and see what you think for yourself, right? You put it on, you shower. Oh yeah, you can shower with your pump on if you have an Omnipod. You can go swimming. Uh, See, other things you can't do with other insulin pumps, swimming. You also uh, might have a hard time with other insulin pumps walking past the doorknob without getting your tubing caught on it and ripping out your infusion set. That won't happen with the Omnipod because the Omnipod is tubeless. But you don't need me to sell it to you. You need to see it. Myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. 
give it a try and see what you think. Would you love a continuous glucose monitor and you don't know where to begin? For me, I'd begin at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Arden has been wearing some version of the Dexcom forevers, forevs. I don't know how the kids say it, but she's worn the, oh my gosh, the G6, which she has now. She's worn the G5, the version before, the G4, the version before that. I think there was a 7 plus before that. I'm not sure how they went from 7 to 4 to 5 to 6, but that's nothing to really talk about right now. The point is, Arden's been wearing the Dexcom for four generations of the product, and it just keeps exceeding expectations over and over again. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Check it out for yourself, right? That's what this is all about. I'm going to tell you about it. You go take a look. Don't take my word for it. See what you think. But what I can tell you for sure about Dexcom is this. I can see Arden's blood sugar on my phone. I am not holding my phone right now. I've picked it up. I've swiped up. I've put on this. Arden's blood sugar is 102. As a matter of fact, I can see that for the last 12 hours, Arden's blood sugar has been between 80 and this 102 right now. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? I see that on an app on my iPhone. I could also see that on an app on an Android if I had one. As a matter of fact, up to 10 people can see that if you want, like a school nurse or your mother or somebody to help, anybody you want to have involved in your care. I know what you're thinking. That's a pretty good uh, number, right? 80 to 1 to 2? Mm-hmm. It is. We do that by using the data that comes from Dexcom to make bolus decisions that we make through the Omnipod. Sometimes they're temp basal increases or decreases or extended boluses depending on the meals. It really, you know, there's so much that we learn from the data. It just makes dialing those settings, getting them right. So, I mean, I just find it to be so much more easy. So much more easy. Easier? They made up a word so you didn't have to say so much more easy. That makes a lot of sense. Listen, our results are ours and yours may vary, but I know one thing for sure. Having great tools and knowing how to use insulin is the basis for success with type 1 diabetes. Get yourself a free no-obligation demo of the Omnipod today at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox and learn more about the Dexcom and get started at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. And of course, don't forget touchedbytype1.org. Back to Sarah. Sarah? Sarah? I'm having trouble talking. So my husband has always been MDI. And um, he does really well with it. Doesn't have a lot of incentive to change. Um, He likes the simplicity of it. And with Maya, we got her on an Omnipod, I think about two months after she was diagnosed, maybe three. Mm -hmm. Um, And really early on, it was kind of out of necessity. Um, We found it was really hard because she has always been in this honeymoon phase, you know, it was really hard managing on just these half unit increments that we could do with the pens. I understand. So pretty much right away, we were talking to the endo about getting her on a pump and um, like listening to this podcast and, you know, just all of the, the contacts that I have with people on Instagram, I realize how lucky we are with our endocrinology practice. Um, you know, they've been super supportive of pretty much anything we wanted to try. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't pull the whole like, oh, you need to be MDI for six months or any of that. Or, um, you know, I hear people talk about the endo not wanting to put them on a pump until they're using a certain amount of insulin per day. Um, 
we didn't encounter any of that. You just, they just were helpful and understood. Yeah. Where in the, yeah. Where ish in the country do you live? So we live near Sacramento. Okay. So we're kind of right in the middle of California. Um, the hospital that we go through, um, you know, it's a, a research hospital. So I think the mentality is a little bit different. They're little, very a little open. more progressive and, and yeah, yeah, things. a lot more, a lot more progressive because even now when I, when I think about them sending us home with insulin, you know, when she was needing so little, like I kind of freak out and in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I can't believe they just sent us home. But, um, but you know, that's what she needed and, um, do, do you we think, made it work. Do you think some of that is just because your husband had type one and they were just thinking like, well, they must know what to do. I, I do wonder that. Um, yeah, I, I suspect that that probably had something to do with it. I think if we hadn't had that background, um, you know, because Maya wasn't in bad shape physically, I don't think that they would have, I don't think they would have admitted her to the hospital, but I could see, you know, having had a much more in-depth visit. (laughs) That they might just feel comfortable about it. Yeah, Yeah. it could be. Yeah. And so, if they had that assumption, was that a fair assumption? Is your husband's like, like, how does he manage? Does he make out well? Yeah, he, he does awesome. Um, actually it's kind of funny because he and my daughter will like compare their clarity reports. (laughs) Um, and I think his A1C might be sitting just a little bit lower than hers right now, but, um, I won't show her that because she'll get competitive. Oh, that's interesting. Um, But yeah, he does. He, he manages to stay under six on MDI. That's excellent. So, yeah. Does he, and, and it sounds like they're looking at clarity. So they're paying attention to, to time and range and. Yeah. All that stuff. That's excellent. Yep. So it's, it's a healthy competition then. Do you think? It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they don't get too weird about it, but. um, Nobody, nobody flips out. (laughs) No. No, stomps no off the field. <laughs> they don't. They don't fight at the fifty yard line or anything like that. No, they're, they're no. Okay. nobody peels off somebody's omnipod or you know. It's like ah, I'm ahead of you now. <laughs> Your blood sugar is going to go up. I'm going to win. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that probably wouldn't be okay uh, or or healthy. But I yeah. think it, it, so. They have this in common. Do you notice a bond with them that's that wasn't there before or that's stronger now? I, I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I think that's made a really big difference in Maya's ability to cope with it is knowing that she's not the only one in the house. Um, I think that's been huge. I think I'd have to agree that that, that seems like a bonus, honestly. Now, yeah, actually, I think if I talk about it too much, I'll start crying, but, uh, but yeah, just having, you know, I could use some tears. It's good for the podcast. (laughs) He's, he's a good role model. Does it make you sad? Go ahead. He's, he's shown her, you know, that it's important to pay attention and care what your blood sugar is. And, um, you know, not that you have to deprive yourselves of things, but, you know, every once in a while, there are going to be circumstances where it's like, oh, I really wanted to eat ice cream right now, but I should really wait. Um, let my insulin kick in. Right. That kind of thing. While you were talking just now, I devised an incredibly mean way to make you cry. And I'm not going to do it. I just want you oh, to gosh. know that. But I could have <laughs> if I wanted to. I was going to start with terrible strife in the world, go to global warming. 
uh, ask you if you ever think there's going to be an end to this COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, then, no, there, there's then, a lot right now. <laughs> yeah. And then I was just going to ask you again about the connection between your daughter and your husband and then listen to your cry. And, uh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> No. That would be a good way to do it. Well, I don't need you to cry. And that's it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. I wonder this, because you said, and I need to dig into this a little bit to ask the question, but you said you think Finn's on his way. Did you have his antibodies tested? So the interesting thing with him, he is antibody negative right now. Okay. However, he goes through phases and they seem to come and go. <laughs> Um, where he has blood sugar regulation issues. Um, so our endo pretty much thinks, so I was always under the impression that usually the antibodies preceded the blood sugar management issues, mm -hmm. but I guess it can actually go the other way around also, um, where sometimes people will actually have trouble regulating their blood sugar before the antibodies show up. Um, so that's essentially what our endo thinks is probably happening. No kidding. So for him, we just kind of have to keep an eye out. So we get his A1C checked a couple times a year um, and the antibodies. So right now it's like yet. he's been sitting at about a 5.6, 5.7 A1C. Got it. So it's like just bordering on that pre-diabetes range. Hmm. How... I have a question here and I, I don't know how to form it. Um, how, how does it present low blood sugars or high blood sugars? And does he feel high, it? high blood sugars? Yeah. And he'll feel it. He'll, um, he actually says he feels shaky, um, which is kind of funny, but yeah, it's like, there've been a number of times where he's like, yeah, I feel funny. And we check his blood sugar and it can easily be, you know, 180. He's had times where he, he will hit 200. Um, so when he's going through one of those phases, we just kind of have to watch the carb intake. How long do they last the, the, the phases? You know, it seems like it's been like in, in two or three month little stints that seem to happen. Like he'll go through a phase where we have to really watch his diet and then we'll go through a phase where it's like, nothing's wrong. You took me by surprise there. I didn't think you'd say that long. That's interesting. It yeah. sucks. I'm sorry. Um, Hmm. Will he wear a glucose monitor when if it happens? Yeah. So we actually, when this first started happening or when we first caught on to it, um, we had hoped to get approval, even just for short term, to just throw a Dexcom on him and see what was going on. But um, you know, without a type one diagnosis, no the insurance companies won't cover it. So. Yeah. That was nice which of them. Is, yeah, which is fine. I mean, he doesn't seem to mind the finger sticks. Actually, he's he's funny. It's like he's very much an engineering kind of mindset, and he likes data. So he actually, like, he enjoys pricking his finger and seeing the number and, like, oh, what does that mean, you know? How old is he again? He's He turns eight on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, so we're two days away from his eighth birthday. Well, congratulations and happy birthday. Um, Thank you. The acceptance part, does he think he's getting diabetes at some point? He does. It's been kind of kind of tricky to talk to him about it, um, you know, because we don't even know what's going on. And so, um, you know, we just kind of have to say, you know, it looks like you might have diabetes. Like, 
like dad and Maya someday. And, um, you know, he, he seems generally okay with it <laughs> sometimes less than others, but yeah, I, um, I don't see where I would be okay with it. Um, yeah, or, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Or any bad news that somebody yeah. crystal balled me with. They were like, Oh, guess what? When you're 35, hair is going to fall out. Uh, don't worry. You know, <laughs> isn't it good that, you know, yeah, I don't think so. Thank you. So, uh, that's, but yeah, but then again, it's like you look at our household and, you know, the three of them have celiac. So if the three of them have diabetes, it's like you've got good company. <laughs> well, the, you, you should at least have a clan of people there who understand how to support each other in that. And, exactly. You know, and exactly. how to manage well. Um, yeah. Probably going to be probably going to be really interesting. I'm going to need to keep this podcast going another 10 years at least. I'd like to have Finn on when he's getting ready to go to college. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's my new goal, by the way, 10 years to get Finn on right before college. I want to hear the story. Let, from let's him. hope. Yeah. I'm like, I, if we can delay it as long as possible, I'm happy with that. I, I would like to get him back on and have him go, you know, I never got diabetes. I just, um, they figured I, out something that, else. That would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but that's, that's super interesting. So I think, I think as we enter into the last quarter of the hour, after hearing all of this, I got to understand if you're okay and what you're doing for yourself. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. I, you just I smoking think a lot of weed or something? Like, what do you do well, exactly to, to relax? <laughs> so funny that you mentioned that. Um, not that that's what I'm doing to cope. Um, but my, my husband, Jeff, he's actually a, a commercial hemp breeder. Um, so he works on, he develops high CBD varieties of hemp. Um, and he also works on lettuce and a little bit on raspberries. So yeah, he's a plant breeder. So, um, so lettuce, raspberries and hemp. Yes. And he comes home smelling like hemp. Sorry, um, you got to slow so down. That, what you said gives me questions. What do you go to college for to be, a, to do that? So he studied, um, plant breeding. Um, so for many years he worked on melon, um, and then he, he left to work at a small company where he now works on multiple crops and his including family, yeah, including like a him. bunch of hippies. Like, how do you like, I'm trying to, I think about how much no. money I send to college. And if Cole told me I'm going to really dive deep on plant breeding, I'd be like, uh, that doesn't sound like you're getting my money back, but it seems like, first of all, Jeff's doing really well. And it's just something that I don't understand, but that's, yeah, it's just, it's a super cool job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, his family, they're definitely not a bunch of hippies. Um, <laughs> actually it's, it's, it's kind of funny. He kind of, um, like, yeah, he doesn't talk a ton about his new job with his mom, but. Oh, do you um, think she doesn't like the hemp part? I think she's, I think she's getting comfortable with it. Just give her some romaine. She'll be all right. So, look, oh yeah. Here. No, the romaine's fantastic. Here's the question. Do you guys um, have a garden at your house? We, we do. Is it ultimate, like, is it just the ultimate most successful home garden in the world or? It, it's a pretty good home garden <laughs> and I'm not responsible for any of it. I, um, I do not do well with keeping plants alive. So you're just eating the lettuce and I'm making quotes around the lettuce I'm, because I'm assuming it's the weed, but you know, just, um, there, <laughs> actually it's mostly tomatoes and eggplant. And, um, there, yeah. 
So do you we do use, live in California? Do but. you use CBD yourself? I have. Um, I don't know that I've really noticed much of an effect. <laughs> um, I know it's supposed to be good for certain things and have anti-inflammatory properties, but um, yeah, can, I don't know that I've ever really noticed a big effect. You don't have to keep going. I want your husband to have a job. I'm just, I'm trying to understand everything here because I've tried it in the past and I thought to myself, I don't notice anything happening here, but I know people who run around yelling about it constantly. Yeah, no, I know people that swear by it. And even a lot of people who I would think would not touch anything related to that plant that are, are huge proponents of it. It's helpful for them. Yeah. Oh, listen, whatever works is the answer. Um, it's just interesting that your husband had joint pain and he works with CBD and I thought, right. Right. (laughs) Was this a calling? Was he like, Oh, finally I can help myself a little bit. Um, that's really interesting. Can I get him here? Cause my wife bugs me about a garden a lot and I don't do it for her. And I feel like I would mess it up. And it seems like a lot of work too, if I'm being perfectly honest. It is a lot of work. Yeah. He spends a lot of time out there. Um, but yeah, we're all thankful for it when we have fruit and vegetables to pick. I would imagine. And you're in a good part of the country to do it too. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. You, you can grow just about anything here. I'm in the month in New Jersey that if you walk outside, it just feels like someone like spritzed you with a hose. You're like, oh, oh good, man. I'm wet. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, we we don't have that humidity here. It's hot, but we don't have the humidity. Cole had a game the other night and it went forever. It ended at like 11.15. It didn't start till like eight and the humidity never broke all Ugh. night. It was just like, 89% humidity the entire time we were standing out there. The kids were soaked and it was unpleasant. And it was like, oh, I got home. My wife's like, hey, do you? I'm like, shower, getting a shower, please. Like, yeah. Getting a shower, talk to you afterwards. You know, oh, it was terrible. Yeah, I I, yeah. Uh, I really want to go somewhere with low humidity uh, and not too much snow. That's where I would like to live out my days if I can find that. Yeah, yeah. Um, most yeah. of California fits that. Yeah, I want to be able to afford it too. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> I feel like I need. I feel like I need a Montana house uh, for the certain times of year. I would like some open space, and then I need to run somewhere else in the winter where it won't snow. But right. that again sounds like I'd have to have a lot of money. So that's probably not going to yes. happen. You know, unless you guys listen to the podcast more, that'd be nice. <laughs> You want me not to be moist in the summer, you could just tell more people about the podcast and help me. Exactly. (laughs) I'll tell you, if that was that easy. Solve everything. (laughs) If it was that easy to get to uh, that, I don't know what I would do, but that doesn't seem like it's that easy. Uh, But no, seriously, so we never really got to how you chill out. Like, what do you do? Uh, What do I do? I exercise a lot. Um, I think that's been one of the one of the upsides of working from home and having kind of a, a different schedule that's not quite as rigid as when we were having to get everybody out of the house is I can throw on my headphones and go for a long run. Um, you know, it's like all the gyms are closed right now, but the one I belong to does outdoor classes right now. And, um, that's kind of my thing. If you didn't have that, and I am probably going to at some point make you cry here. But if you didn't have that, would you think you'd be overwhelmed with the idea of this isn't fair or 
I mean, how does it feel um, when it really hits you viscerally? I, I don't know. I mean, thinking about it, it's like if I were to write everything on paper that that we deal with, it might look like a lot, but I think a lot of people deal with a lot more than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I've just never seen it that way. Um, and I think it's all kind of come on one piece at a time, too. <laughs> um, so you get to build a get, little bit? Yeah, it's like we didn't get hit with everything all at in, you know, within one year or something like that. So, um, you, yeah, I don't know. Do you I guess not, I just, I'm sorry. I cut you it's off. It's just, it's our life. And I guess I just haven't, haven't seen it. I, I, so I guess we have our challenges that we deal with, but then I see my friends and they have their own challenges that don't pertain to diabetes or celiac. It's like they have totally different things going on that are equally as challenging. Yeah. No, I don't mean I so I think there's a couple of interesting thoughts in there. One is the idea of like other people have it worse, but I don't think other people's bad stuff makes your bad stuff not hard. No. You know, um, yeah. but so do you use that is that sort of a is that sort of a, a a crutch like to say look other people have it worse so I'm not going to let myself feel bad about this or is that a real kind of just life motto like keep going things are okay do you think it could be kind of a defense mechanism (laughs) um six months later sarah was in a home she uh (laughs) she couldn't handle it anymore that's what i often say i'm like okay if if we ended up with a third kid that would be what would put me into the loony bin right now but um (laughs) um no, I think, I don't know. And I think just, so I'm a, I'm a scientist and I think I'm just very like, I see things kind of in a practical way. Yeah. And so I see, you know, I see diabetes and it's like, okay, what can we do to make this easier? Let's do that. Um, and that's just kind of my approach to things. So, and I think that that helps it kind of takes some of the emotional component out of it. That's excellent. I mean, it's a lot going on, whether, like I, like you said, yeah. writing it down might look worse than living it, but it's still it's still a lot. There's time that's lost. There's energy that's lost. And it, sure. in, in, all this stuff impacts other parts of life. And, you yeah. you know, I've done it, and I'm sure other people have done it, too. You sit back, and it's almost like paying your taxes, right? You're like, what would I have done with that extra money? Like, what would I do yeah. with that extra time or energy or not having to worry about things? Like, I wonder what I'd be in that space. I'd probably just be watching television, but I, I like to imagine that I'd be doing something amazing. Um, well, you spend, I mean, your brain gets so good at dealing with diabetes at the same time as everything else in life that you just don't realize how much time yeah. you're devoting to it because it becomes second nature. But, um, you know, all day long, I'm I'm glancing down at the the Dexcom app or Night Scout and you know, even if I'm not having to do anything to intervene, it's like, it's just always there. <laughs> how involved are you with Jeff? Not, I mean, from your description of how he manages, I would think he's not looking for help, but I'm wondering. Not at all. I mean, I have him, like I have him um, on Dexcom follow, um, but he just, he just takes care of it. And I think, um, you know, it was kind of funny when Maya got diagnosed, I thought like, okay, I know a little bit about diabetes because of Jeff, but he doesn't talk about it a lot. And so I think I didn't realize 
Like I knew nothing about the nuts and bolts. Hmm. And so I thought I knew more than I did. And, you know, it's like, it only took a couple days to realize that I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, do you know, an <laughs> episode went up today with a woman who said the exact same thing about her husband. Okay. Yeah. Just the exact same thing. And then her child was diagnosed and then it, it made it more of a thing that was spoken about in the house, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just, he's always just dealt with it. Um, you know, it's like if he has to take three or four injections to correct a high blood sugar, he just does it. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't, doesn't whine about it. Does it ever impact his mood? And is it hard to remember for you when it does? I think the only times I really notice it is if he's low. Mm -hmm. like he'll he'll get a little chippy (laughs) can he can he hear your um loving wifely direction when you're telling him that when he's lower can he not respond well it's usually best just to not say anything okay (laughs) (laughs) no he he doesn't go like you know it's not like one of those um, slowly you know, i turn stories yeah, of people yeah, yeah. yeah people yeah. that like totally turn into a different person and no it's not anything like that but um you don't bring up just, money or vacation plans or no, anything like that no in those moments. definitely don't bring up anything that's touchy yeah that's interesting i mean i i just again it's something that you have to consider that i don't think that most people would would believe it's almost like when you have kids and you're like you need to say something to them and you think, hey, you know what? They're upset right now. Now's not the time. Or yeah. they just got home from school. Or I'll let them eat something first. You know, it's it's just another one of those things, to me at least. Like you just don't, you know, and, and life doesn't always like do that. Like sometimes you can walk into a room thinking, you know, we need to buy a new washer and dryer. And I need to say that out loud so that we can get this process going. And yep. not everybody has to look yep. up and think, I wonder what Jeff's blood sugar is before I bring up buying uh, a thing that no one in the world wants to buy, you, you know, exactly. that kind of stuff. Um, it's I just find it really interesting. And I think more so because of the iron thing, because now I have this appreciation for the fact that my personality changes when my iron gets too low and that right. I didn't know that. And, and, and I'm grateful for the knowledge because otherwise, I mean, imagine like if this was 200 years ago, I would just be the you know, the guy who gets mad for no reason and sleeps more than he should, you yep. know, and then that's my story forever. Right. That's you know, who I am. And yeah, it's unfortunate that you had to do all the research yourself. No, the internet wasn't that tough. By research, I mean, yeah. I sat in this chair and Googled things till I found out what to do. Yeah. But <laughs> I also, you think about people who wouldn't think to do that or would come up again into the first answer that they get. And I have to, I guess maybe yeah. I have diabetes to thank for that a little bit, honestly, that. I didn't just accept the first thing they said, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I just, I think about that every day, you know, people, people that I meet that have diabetes that are having a tough time, you know, because they go with what the endocrinologist says. It's like, it it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. (laughs) No, you can keep looking and, and learn more things. And I mean, the podcast is a good example of that really. Yeah. I didn't ask you at all, but do you like this podcast? Like, why are you on it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. No, I, we definitely listen. Um, this was like, I think probably what helped me the most in getting off the ground with helping Maya. I'm glad because it's like, I just, I knew nothing about, you know, the nuts and bolts of managing diabetes and all we had 
was the information that we left the endocrinology office with, um, which is pretty much that standard, like use this much insulin, treat a low with 15 grams of carbs, that kind of thing. Um, which I don't, I, in no way want to belittle the office that we go to because they are fantastic. Um, and I know why, (laughs) I know why they probably only give you that much that first day, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's the problem tough. is when the first day turns into the six months and then you're don't exactly. know much more than that. And yeah, you've only seen them for 30 minutes and so far and you're trying to figure things out and, and things are happening every hour and every minute. It It's not like it's just a strange thing to say to somebody like, you know, I'll see you in 90 days and you're like, well, I'm going to have a problem every 30 seconds. So that 90 days is going right. to take quite a long time, you know? Um, yeah, no, we're we're super fortunate. We um we actually just had a video visit last week. Um, and I was so nervous because (laughs) we started looping a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and our office is, you know, they're super, super supportive and always have been. And I think one of the nurses is actually looping herself. And so I didn't think it would be a big deal, but still it's like, there's always that anxiety that, you know, they'll be nervous about it or not want to help you with it. Um, but they were, they were super excited for us and um, even offered to help us if we need it, which I think is almost unheard of from what I've heard people say. Yeah. That's a good office then for sure. Yeah. Good for you. No, they're awesome. I mean, honestly for somebody with, let me just count real quick here. uh, Celiac type one, hypothyroidism, celiac type one, celiac, probably celiac. One, two, three, four, five, six. For uh, for a person living with seven different ailments in their home, you're doing great. Like you, you really are. Yeah. Like, you know, anything wrong with you? By the way, knee doesn't bend right. Uh, anything? I I have some of my own autoimmune issues, but it's not celiac and it's not type one. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I have other stuff going on. So hopefully that doesn't also make its way into the kids. But that's TBD. Well, at least you'll have plenty of weed for them if they uh, I, really are suffering at the end. That's true. <laughs> um, I uh, I don't want to ask you, your, isn't it funny, like I had no trouble asking you about three other people's health concerns. And then when you said I have other things, I'm like, oh, she doesn't seem like she wants to talk about those. I won't ask what they are. <laughs> so it's funny because I, I don't mind talking about it all. Okay. Um, it It's kind of, it's funny to talk about because there's never really been like a a name attached to it. So I have a lot of the things that come along with lupus, but I don't have enough of the different symptoms for a lupus diagnosis. Okay. So So I kind of have like lupus light. What, what are those, what are the symptoms that, that people would Um, know? So I went through a lot of years with like constant fevers. Um, just like general signs of inflammation in my body. Um, you know, fevers all the time, like achy skin, like almost when you have the flu mm-hmm. and it hurts when your clothes touch you, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was just kind of a bizarre set of symptoms, just like constant fatigue. Um, yeah. That sucks. Jesus. You guys all found each other. It's good. It's good that you found each other. Honestly, it, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. no, this is a nice support system <laughs> here. Somebody who doesn't have any symptoms of anything might be like, mm, "I like Sarah a lot, but she says that her shirt hurts her arm, so I'm getting out of this." Uh, well, but 
like the funny thing is, I think of us as a really healthy family um, because everyone manages what they have going on. Um, none of the things going on stop us from doing anything. We're all active and healthy. Like, I don't think of us as having various ailments, even though we do. <laughs> I have to tell you how much I agree with you because I think of Arden as an incredibly healthy person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she does have stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. we're still working through her, her thyroid like settings. Actually, she's got to go get blood drawn uh, today or tomorrow to look again. And it, it, that's one of the problems when you're getting these things adjusted is like, you almost have to go give blood. Like it's constant so that the doctor can, right. can really like narrow it down. Um, and I would not describe Arden as sick. I never, it no. would never occur to me actually. Nope. No, I like when I think of our family, I think we're healthy. Yeah. No. Even though I know on on paper the insurance company would disagree, but <laughs> they'd be like liability, big red stamp. Let's right. get these people out of here somehow. Uh, you know, I I agree with you. I I um I have a very similar if not exactly the same um feeling. I think that that it's probably a bit of a fallacy that people go through life with no problems. I think some people's yeah. problems are just a little more persistent than others sometimes. And, yep. um, you know, to think that you somehow got shaken out of a perfect life, it was this or something else, you know, like you weren't, yeah. it just wasn't yeah. going to go that way, especially, and I don't want to like, you know, I'm not going to get on a soapbox or anything, but we make a lot of processed foods and there's a lot of factory farming in the United States. There's a lot of people here we're trying to feed and there's a lot of fast food for people who can't afford more and so yeah. there are good reasons for everything that exists but it's just not natural and i think it's been hard on us um yeah you know for sure and, and i think that uh you and your family and probably my family and a lot of other people are are seeing what happens after uh you know a couple of generations of red dye number whatever don't who, worry yeah who knows as, it's like good as something else I've, yeah, I've read that the incidence of type one is going up, but they don't really know why. Yeah, well, I mean, the incidences of a lot of things is, seems to be rising. And, you know, sometimes you could look yeah. at it and say that there's more people on the planet. But, you know, I, I just I, I don't know how to argue with the idea that there are things that we eat that aren't food and that can't possibly be good for you. Right. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Twinkie shouldn't last for 100 years. And if it does, yeah, probably no. shouldn't eat it. So. No, and thankfully those are not gluten free. They don't make a gluten free version of that, so I don't have to buy those for my kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there's a it's a video somewhere you can find online, but I think it's a McDonald's cheeseburger that someone leaves out. And oh God! It never yeah. appears to age. So oh, um, you leave so a real disgusting. cheeseburger out, and uh, bugs want to eat it, and it gets really disgusting, and it starts oh. degrading. But apparently, not a McDonald's cheeseburger. It'll hang on forever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's just wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not okay. And by the way, McDonald's makes the best fast food French fries of the fast food restaurants, in my opinion. I'm just saying they, they, they also have good. silicon in them, yeah. apparently. Uh, and but I should Mc probably... McDonald's, yeah, they're not super celiac friendly. So actually, my kids have never eaten McDonald's before. Well, that's Which good. Is like, well, yeah. Yeah, I think that's but very good for, for an American. It's kind of weird. <laughs> There's um, let's see. This is a an article from. Oh, it's so funny that if you Google McDonald's fries silicone, um, 
it said like there's a an article from 2015 you know it's a while ago that says something about uh let's see 14 ingredients in McDonald's fries, including petrol-based chemical and form of silicone found in Silly Putty. Uh, oh, my and, gosh. And then there's another one that's only a couple of years old. Scientists say chemicals used in cooking McDonald's fries could help cure baldness. So, hey, listen. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you know, give a little, get a little. Uh, but but more interestingly is that the third return is from McDonald's, and they've been pressed to put up a thing about silicon. Do you use silicon polymer in your frying oil as an anti-foaming agent? Yes. Ugh. Minute quantities of, wow, dimethylpolysiloxin are present in our oil. Um, it's a food grade added. Blah, blah. I have to tell you, one of the things I've done for my own health this year is cut out processed, um, any processed or, or, or heat pressed oils. I only yeah. use like... Um, cold pressed olive oil. I, I stopped using canola, which I lived my whole life thinking was somehow better than oil. Um, I don't use vegetable oil anymore. It's made a big difference. Like I, yeah. I cut those oils out and just went to an intermittent fasting schedule and like lost 16 pounds. Oh my gosh. That's all I changed. Yeah. That's like the thing right now. And I think I might die if I tried to do that. Cause I'm like the eat every two hours type. It's twelve forty six here, and I have not eaten yet today. My 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 Gosh. forty my my time started forty five minutes ago. So the first thing I'm going to do when wow. we say goodbye is eat something. But oh my gosh! Um, but I'm smoking some turkey breasts right now, which are probably done. So I have to go. Uh, but that, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, uh, you were terrific. Thank you so much. You shared a lot of information that's valuable, and I can't thank you enough. Please thank everyone in your family for allowing you to talk about their health. Um, yeah, really. Yeah. Valuable. I had to, or I, I felt like I needed to get clearance from my daughter. I was like, yeah, how would you feel if I went on the podcast? And she was super excited. Oh, cool. Because um, she enjoys listening. Well, then she can come on whenever she wants, you tell her. As long as she's interesting and can hold up her end of the conversation, I would love it. Um, she has personality coming out of her ears. So you can let me know. I'd be, she, she's I'd a be good super kid. interested. I'd love to hear from a 12 year old about what it's like to have type 1 diabetes. I seriously would. So. Yeah, she, um, she thoroughly enjoyed that episode with um, Dylan. Oh, he he will be thrilled. Dale to know Pickle. That. Yes, he will be thrilled to know that. Um, He's a sweet kid. He really is. Well, okay. Hey, listen. Let's say goodbye, and then you can uh, send me another email, and we'll set her up. All right. Uh, cool. Thanks so well, much thank for doing this. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed talking to you. Hey, you were terrific, and your connection's very clear. So, bonus. Oh, good. Good because <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I'm like on my iPhone in the bedroom, trying to stay away from all the noise in the rest of the house. It's really, it's crystal clear. It sounds terrific. So thank you so much. Thanks so much to Sarah and her whole family for allowing her to come on and tell the autoimmune apocalypse story. Thanks also to Dexcom, makers of the G6 continuous glucose monitor, to Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump, and of course, touchedbytype1.org. Please visit the sponsors, Check out those links in your show notes. Subscribe in your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh, uh, are you looking for those Diabetes Pro Tip episodes? You can check them out right here in your podcast player. They begin at episode 210, or you can find them at diabetesprotip.com. At that same link at the bottom are all the defining diabetes episodes. All right now, the music's just going to fade out, and I'll be gone. <laughs>